Welcome to Locked on Grizzlies here for this Thursday and a victory Thursday at that. And I don't know if you're happy about that or not. Probably not, I would guess, for most of you. Maybe I'll throw up a poll to see. Uh, my name is Peter Edmiston. Uh, and on this Thursday, we'll talk here uh, for the next few minutes about the basketball side of it and then the non-basketball side uh, of what happened last night at the Forum. Uh, from a basketball perspective, we'll start with that. Uh, it was a win. It was not necessarily the most overwhelming of performances, uh, but you know the Grizzlies are a now 13-win team, so you take what you can get. You don't. If you are one of those who just wanted to see a win, you, you can't get real picky about how it happened. It was inconsistent. There were some really good moments, uh, both on offense and on defense. There were some really bad moments, both on offense and on defense. And the game kind of devolved in the third quarter into just a horrendous basketball game. Um, like, I mean, really bad. Like, I don't know why you're watching this bad. One of those where you question your will to be a fan, or in my case, your will to cover the team. But it picked up a little bit, um, and the fourth quarter ended in pretty exciting fashion with some plays that were, you know, a little, a little on the controversial side. Um, so a few kind of words about some of the actual performances. Uh, first of all, I thought Marcus Saul helped himself a lot with a fourth quarter of actual offensive action where he showed uh, much more impetus to get out and move. Part of that was that his teammates moved a little more as well. Things didn't get stagnant out there. Uh, he wasn't allowed to just absorb double teams. Part of it, though, was that Mark was a little more aggressive and uh, helped to break things down uh, himself. That was a big part of why he was 3 of 7 in the fourth quarter for 7 points after scoring just 7 points total in the previous 6 fourth quarters. Uh, you know That doesn't just happen by accident. You have to actually go out there and earn it. You have to go out there and actually you know, do the things that you need to do to make your team and yourself more effective. And he did that. So I think he, he took steps in the right direction. He also made a huge defensive play late on DeMarcus Cousins, who was driving in when the Pelicans were down one with about six seconds left. And Mark took a risk uh, in doing that. You know, this was a, you know, a play where he helped one pass away off of Darius Miller, who is a good shooter, left him pretty well open in order to slide over and knock the ball away from Boogie Cousins. And, you know, that was not technically probably the right basketball play to make, but it was a very effective basketball play. And I talked to Mark after the game about it, and he said, well, he saw Boogie's head kind of drop. Like he saw that he wasn't looking over for the pass. And, you know, that is kind of the scouting report on Boogie, that when you get in these situations, he's going to be – much more just, I'm bull in a china shop, I'm going to get this shot, this is my time, et cetera, et cetera. That's him. That's kind of his deal. So when you, when you see that and you, you can kind of get a, get a sense of what he's going to do and you prepare and you do the scouting that you need to do, then that's where it really does pay off. And, and in this case, I think that's exactly what happened uh, for Mark. Um, you know, the last sequence, I want to talk a little bit about that too, to me, it was a mistake. The Grizzlies, after Tyreek Evans hits two free throws, 
to make it 103-100. Pelicans have the ball five and a half seconds or so left, inbounding it. Etwan Moore is the inbounder. He's the best three-point shooter. He inbounds the ball. Drew Holiday takes it down, and he dribbles a lot. He actually crosses over near half court from a left dribble to a right, uh, a right dribble to a left dribble. Excuse me. He has plenty of time. Then he dishes it to Etwan Moore, who went from inbounding it to spotting up for what would be a game-tying three, and the Grizzlies overhelped massively. Etwan Moore takes the pass and gets a great look. And again, this is your best three-point shooter who gets that look. Um, real, to me, a mistake not to foul. And I was surprised to see. I, I know that, that that fouling in that situation is a 50-50 play. And it's one where, you know, in certain, certain coaching cultures, you would foul probably most coaches nowadays. I still think there's the, the, the thought that you want to let your defense win the game for you. I don't agree with that. To me, that was a definite foul situation. You know, I, I get it when you, uh, when you have a situation like where it's a side inbounds and, or an inbounds under the basket, and a guy can get it and he catches it and maybe he's facing the basket, maybe he could throw up a shot, you know, kind of randomly or much more quickly. I, I, I get being a little reluctant to foul in that stage. But when you have a guy that's dribbling and you can control both of his arms, so he's dribbling at half court, and you could get a foul, and, and he wasn't moving that fast. They, they could have definitely fouled him, where you could get both arms and kind of almost do that hugging thing where you make a little play for the ball, but really you're just trying to restrain the guy to make sure he doesn't get a shot off, that foul would be fine. And you'd be able to then control the situation, take the game-tying shot out of the equation, make it much more difficult, you know, do the thing where you have to make the free throw and then get another shot and all that. Um, that, to me, was the play. So I was surprised. I asked J.B. Bickerstaff about it after the game. He said he was worried about the Pelicans going quickly and, and throwing up a three, so he felt like it was best to just kind of not do that. Uh, again, I don't think that was the right play. I kind of pulled some players in the locker room, and they were mixed as well about what they would have done had they been the coach. But, again, when you win the game, I guess it, it all works out, you know, the way that it needs to, I suppose. But, but certainly, if you're asking me, I foul. Uh, Jermichael Green had a really good game. And it was long overdue, frankly, for him to perform at a high level. Part of that, I think you have to give credit to Nick Saban. You know, Jermichael, of course, a famous Alabama uh, alum. And, uh, you know, he was, to say he was pumped about Alabama's national championship is a vast understatement. Maybe he was fired up about it. I don't know. Uh, more likely, the fact that they had a little three day mini camp and he got a chance to settle in a little bit and kind of equalize it's for him. It's been tough to come back from the injury and, you know, his minutes have fluctuated a little bit. He's not been playing all that well. And I think he kind of, he, he didn't have his mind, right. He said he talked to his, uh, his, his aunt and his mom and, uh, his girl. And, you know, he, he kind of like just, just talked about a few things, kind of, kind of got the mind right. And that probably helped. Uh, but he certainly played better. He looked better. He was a much more effective uh, contributor. Finishes with 20 points, 
14 rebounds, six offensive rebounds, was really good defensively most of the time against DeMarcus Cousins. And uh, this is the player that you want to see, and in case the Grizzlies potentially want to trade, uh, this is a guy that has value if he plays like that. Um, now, the Grizzlies were benefit, you know, they benefited a lot the fact that Anthony Davis didn't play in the ballgame. That certainly helped. But, yeah, you, you take a win if you are a Grizzly player and a Grizzly coach, you are happy to get a win where you can get one, irrespective of, of how you get it. Now, if you are a Grizzly fan, we'll talk about how you feel about it after this. I will say, the NFL playoffs are finally here, and I want to tell you guys about MyBookie.ag, the number one rated online sportsbook. Your fantasy football season is over, so the only way to use your sports knowledge to win cash is by betting at MyBookie, the sportsbook that makes it easy to deposit and even easier to cash out your winnings fast. They've got odds on everything. Here's something really cool. They've got a prop builder. You can build your own bet slip, so you can bet how you want. So you want to bet that LeBron is going to score 30-plus points, 10-plus assists. They can do that. They'll, uh, they'll find a way to bet that betting slip for you. You can put your money where your mouth is. You can do it from your desktop, from your tablet. You can do it on their world-class <clears throat> mobile site at mybookie.ag. All of that helps you bet anytime, anywhere. They've got the fastest, no-hassle payouts when you win. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Promo code locked on NBA. That's promo code locked on NBA when making your account. Visit mybookie.ag today and bet on the internet's favorite sports book where you play, you win, you get paid. Again, that's mybookie.ag. Again, mybookie.ag. Promo code locked on NBA. That's promo code locked on NBA. On the downside, a um, few things. Number one, of course, tank position. We'll talk about that in a second. From a personnel standpoint, Deontay Davis continues to really struggle. He played two and a half minutes in this ball game, picked up two fouls, did not perform with effort. You heard yesterday on the pod my conversation with J.B. Bickerstaff about what Deontay Davis needed to do, and he didn't do any of it. And it's becoming a problem now. I mean, this is a guy that you really expected a lot of. They really uh, positioned him as a first-round pick, even though he was technically a second-round pick, a guy that they had very highly rated on their draft boards, a guy they had a lot of expectations for, who showed a lot of positive things last season in little, small spurts, but he didn't have a good summer league, didn't have a good training camp, hasn't had a good season, and you worry now about his career uh, and the development just kind of stagnating. It's been tough, and he's not doing a lot to, uh, to benefit himself at this stage. Ben McLemore, another DNPCD. Not good when J.B. Bickerstaff says that he wants to take a look at the young players uh, and you're you know, 24 years old and you're not considered a young player at that point. That's it's a problem for Ben McLemore. It's also a problem that you know the Grizzlies, this was a game where they, they, they leaned on the veterans. Mario Chalmers did not play well. He was a, almost a, another tank MVP, had some catastrophic decisions late in this game as he has for a lot of the season, but he's getting a lot of run. Brandon Wright is getting a lot of run. The young guys are not getting the run, so the Grizzlies are trying to push to win these games. They want to win a few, but you don't want to win too many because look what happened. Look what happened. Last night was an incredible opportunity for the tank. I mean, an incredible opportunity. 
for you to really gain a lot of ground in the race for Trey Young or DeAndre Ayton or Marvin Bagley or Luka Doncic or whoever you think is the top of the draft board. And God knows we're going to be talking a lot about that uh, in the coming weeks and months. This was your chance. Look what happened. The Hawks, owners of the worst record in the league, go into Denver and win. Dallas, in spite of a really horrendous schedule where they were playing on the second night of a back-to-back and they had all kinds of fatigue issues and flights and everything else, and they went into Charlotte and won. They beat the Hornets, who had recently had a little bit of a positive push, but that kind of ended right there. That was a win. The Bulls get a win. Man, this was your chance. You blew it. You blew it when it came to the tank. And now you sit with the same record as the Lakers and the Kings and Magic. Or I think the Magic are really, they're, they're heading down with a bullet. That, that could be the team to watch in the future. They look horrible. And they look like they don't give two S's about what's going on. So that's a real danger for the tank squad. I think they're the ones that you really got to keep an eye on. And they're going to be just pitiful. This was your chance. And by the way, for those of you that are talking, if you are delusional enough to consider yourself somebody who thinks the Grizzlies can still make the playoffs, I want to, uh, you know, disavow you of that notion as quickly as I can because look at the, the, the teams that are all in front of the Grizzlies that are near or in between, uh, that are at or in between the Grizzlies, I should say, in terms of the playoffs. Look what happened. The Lakers, they've won two straight. Grizzlies, of course, winners last night. The Mavs have won two straight. The Suns won their game most recently. The Jazz, winners last night in Washington. Clippers, stunning win in Golden State with Lou Williams scoring 50 points. They've won two straight games. Every team that was in front of you for that quote-unquote playoff push, all those teams that are ahead of you all won anyway. So you didn't gain any ground on any of them. You gained a little ground on the Pelicans in that eighth spot, but guess what? So did everybody else. You've got to jump over all of those teams, and in particular, the Clippers and Jazz are going to be the ones that you're going to have the most issues with. The Suns, although they are feisty, I don't see that happening. Same thing with the Mavericks. Um, you've got to jump over all those teams if you legitimately think you're going to win and get into the playoffs. It's unlikely that something like that is going to happen. So it's not only the amount of games you're out, it's the amount of teams you have to, to jump over in order to make that step happen. That's why the tank would have been uh, perfect. This would have been the night. Now you're still behind the Bulls. As I mentioned, tied with the Lakers and Kings. The only teams with worse records are the Magic and the Hawks. And like I said, the Magic have lost six straight. Nine of their last ten, they are pitiful right now. And I think they're going to be the team to watch in, for the number one pick overall. They are a bad team. Just flat out. No getting around it. So, you got to deal with them. But otherwise, don't start winning a whole bunch of games. This little stretch is a dangerous stretch for the tank people. Because coming up, it's a, it's a, there's a game, this, this little stretch of games, we talked about, I guess, a couple, couple pods ago. Grizzlies could win, you know, a few of these games. Don't, don't, don't go getting crazy. 
I am heartened by the fact that I think if we look at some of the projections and, you know, it, it's, it's a very difficult thing to project. But if you look at the basketball reference projections, Aaron Barzilai talked about this. It looks like this year you're going to see a team, the worst team in the league is still going to have 25 or 26 wins, most likely. So I am heartened by that. I'm heartened by the fact that you're going to see the team get better. The numbers should be better in that regard. So at least you don't have to be a you know, 15-win team or a 16-win team to have a chance at that number one uh, ping-pong ball spot. But you're still going to have to lose some games. So let's not, let's not go crazy here. That would have been a nice game to lose for the tank squad. Instead, it was a win. Players were happy. Fans, I think, are happy. You've got to mix in a win here and there. You do have to mix in a win here and there. We'll see what happens uh, tomorrow night in Denver against the Nuggets team, as I mentioned, that lost to the Hawks. So they will be either demoralized or motivated, depending on how they feel, I suppose. Then, of course, after that, you have the Lakers in the MLK uh, 50 celebration game, which uh, is going to be a very emotional and very interesting event and uh, cannot wait to see uh, all the all the stuff. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. It's uh, it's really a special, special time in the city. So uh, big ups to everybody for that. And uh, we talked about the Sports Legacy Award honorees and uh, it's just going to be it's a it's a really, really cool deal uh, that's going to take place uh, on MLK Day on Monday. So we'll talk about that and more on the next edition of Locked on Grizzlies. Again, a big thanks to mybookie.ag, promo code Locked on NBA for their support. A big thanks to all of you guys for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, you can. I am P Edmiston at gmail.com. It's a great spot for you to get in touch with me and also to get in touch with everybody associated with the Locked On Podcast Network and get your company's message out to a big group of fans, a big group of folks who love to listen and who were engaged and interested. It's a great opportunity for your business. Let me know what you think. Pedmiston at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter. I'm at Peter Edmiston. Have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon on Locked On Grizzlies.